1: Post your free job on linkedin.com/recommend today. Owning is a paid commercial program.
2: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the health begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to introduce uh, an individual that is a part of our team over here at Lifestyles. And uh, for me to do that, I'd probably need to explain to you something that's uh, probably not commonly understood, because I don't make it a point to, and that is that Lifestyles Unlimited is a mentoring Uh, educational and mentoring program. We teach people how to do real estate investing. In addition to that, I own real estate companies that are real estate sales companies called Lifestyles Realty and I have five of them all over the country and we sell real estate to people that are (laughs) looking to buy investment properties. Um, The individuals on today with us uh, started out as a member and then decided to become a realtor with us and is now a sales manager out of the central texas office of san antonio in austin and um, we're happy to have him on here today so he can kind of share with us some of the stuff that our realty teams do along with uh get him introduced uh, because we've never had him on the radio before so with us here today is casey Klaus. casey welcome to the show
4: hi Dale. thank you for having me on
2: so thank let's start at the beginning how did you hear about us and uh, what brought you to lifestyles unlimited
4: well, I, probably like a lot of people, I had my country song, you know, uh, got let go of, of uh, a big box chain, uh, gym chain, and uh, started losing everything and started really wanting to learning, learn how to uh, make money. And uh, I was in the fire department, and I noticed that my, uh, my pension after 20, 25 years wasn't going to be a whole lot. So I heard this guy on the radio. Uh, talking about buying real estate, you know, and I would be listening to, uh, to you and, uh, while I would be working out and uh, decided, you know what, I'm gonna go check this out. It was a free workshop and I decided to go check it out. And I was amazed at, you know, the five ways of, of uh, making money in real estate. And so I decided, you know what, I'm gonna go to the case study. And what I really, really liked about the case study was is that this was real people doing real properties that I knew about in my city and, uh, you know, there was a vendor list. So I was all in from the get-go whenever I saw the real numbers from these people presenting.
2: So you know, did, you, uh, did you just explain that you were working for a health club? Did you say that or I misunderstand that?
4: Yeah, uh, very much like your own story. Uh, you know, I, I had the carrot dangling in front of me. You know, hey, you would have this really classy title. We're going to move you up here to Washington, D.C. And you'll be in charge of these three gyms and we'll put you on a salary and you'll make tons and gobs of money if you just go up there and turn these gyms around. Well, you know, you go up there and you start looking around and you're like, man, I'm, I'm poorer up here than I was in Texas. Kind of because the, the, you know, the living status up there was $1,800 for just a two-bedroom apartment just to live there. So you start doing the math and uh, it didn't work. So when I... Talked to the boss and asked him if I could be transferred back down to San Antonio. He said, "Sure, but you're going to pay for your own moving van, <clears throat> which was three thousand dollars." And I moved my family back down to San Antonio. Showed up to work on Monday, and they let me go. Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, and I was, you wow. know, of course, uh, number one salesman, you know, in the nation uh, at the time. And so I was. Disheartened very much, and I made that that decision in my life I was like, you know what, I need to take charge of my own destiny and start really reading up and learning about, you know, never being put in that kind of personal crisis again. Now, how did you get
2: working for the fire department? Are you a paramedic or a fireman?
4: I was a firefighter paramedic. Uh, it was at that time that you know you're you're let go. Uh, you start doing some odd jobs around the house. You know, uh, you're reading the newspaper back in the day. You're reading the newspaper in the classifieds. And then the classifieds said, "Hey, we're hiring for firefighters, uh, and you need to go to, uh, you need to have your your license and your, your certifications." So I started looking that up, and I had always wanted to be a firefighter. For so to me, it was now or never. I was uh, 28 at the time, and decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and go to uh, the academy, which you know I had to pay for uh, during the day, and then work my clients because I was still training clients in the evening. And uh, paid my way through school, and about a year later, then I was eligible to get hired on, and I got hired on uh, as a firefighter, and they sent me to paramedic school. So that was an extremely rewarding uh, career. However, you know, when you when you work for the man or work for the city, you, you're not making a lot. So,
2: so what uh, drove you to look into real estate? And were you still a firefighter at that time?
4: Right. Yes, I was. Uh, a lot of the firefighters always had other jobs. We worked 24 on, 48 off. And so we would have, uh, most of us were electricians or plumbers or something on the side. And I really took to real estate. You know, I, I, at one time I was a, you know, a Dave Ramsey fan, and then I started going into Robert Kiyosaki. And then I heard about this club, this membership, and I uh, checked it out, and it made so much sense. You know, to me, after doing 20 years of being in the fire department, uh, if, if you go online, you can check to see how much you are supposed to be making. And I wasn't in San Antonio. I was in the local areas outside of San Antonio, which would be the Texas municipalities. And their numbers were, you know, $1,400, $1,600 $1, a month uh, as your pension after 20 years of service. And I thought to myself from from learning from you guys, shoot, that's only three properties. If I had three properties, I'm done. So that, that was an easy decision.
2: Yeah, that's not very much. I thought that uh, those types of pensions were much higher than that, to be honest with you. Uh, so you, you started looking into it. Um, you, were, you said you were listening on the radio to the show. When you went in, did you go to the free workshop first, or did you go right to the two-day?
4: I went to the free workshop and uh, was taught the five ways that you can make money in real estate and I thought man that's really cool and then I went to the case study where it was real people real examples in front of me with you know the the addresses of the properties and the vendors that they used they were you know pointing them out we used this particular you know agent or we used this particular lawyer or we used this particular title, you know whatever vendor this general contractor and I thought man this is it and uh, I joined right there, and I went to the case study. You were my first case study in San Antonio, and uh, that was uh, amazing. And then I also got a chance to to uh, look at uh, David Fisher's uh, case study, and super amazing. So, yeah, I, I stuck with it. So
2: I think you're talking about the two-day, aren't you, not the case
4: study? Oh, excuse me. Yeah, the two-day. Yeah, you you taught the two-day. Yeah, the case study. <clears throat> And, and the two day. I went to I went to the two day where you taught the two day, and uh, I was blown away.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a few years back. I haven't been out there in a long time. Let's see, when, when did you guys join? two thirteen two thousand thirteen. 2013, it says?
4: Yeah, yeah, it was late 2012, 2013, right, yeah. right around Christmas
2: time. Interesting. All right, so you, you went to the two day. What um, in that two day was your aha moment? I mean, what light bulb went off and said, bam, that's what I've been missing? that's what i need to know and do right there what was it your it was your
4: um, your idea what you call chunking quote unquote chunking so if i just buy one house then i don't have to make a payment on my on my car at the time i didn't have a car payment but that you know maybe my cell phone if i buy one house then i don't have to pay any more my water bill ever again and so your idea of chunking away uh, I mean, all of your your uh, existing bills, your expenses, and then eventually you're free, and uh, that really motivated me to say, okay, well, how many houses do I need? And at that at that time, I wasn't making a whole lot of money as a firefighter, um, you know, about forty forty thousand dollars a year. So to me, you know, I think it was only like eight properties, and I'd be done at that time. You
2: know, that's the beauty of that theory is uh, it's inverse. In other words, the less you make, the easier it is to retire. Because, all you know, once you understand that all you're doing is replacing what you earn, where most people think retirement is this chunk of money, you have to pile a million dollars in a pile in the corner of your house somewhere, and that's how you retire. <laughs> it's really not the way it works. So it's a good point for you to pick up. Anything else? Um, pick uh, Catch your mind. you got just 30 seconds before we got to go to break, though. Anything else that really stuck out?
4: just that there was a lot at the end of the tunnel, and uh, you made it very, very simple and easy, you know. Uh, And and, 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 to me, all I had to do was just follow the map. You had a map, and I'm one of those recipe guys. If I follow the recipe, I get what I'm supposed to be getting. And uh, it was was an easy recipe, easy map to follow. Excellent.
2: All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, we'll have more with Casey and the Del Walmsley Radio Show. Dell Wumsley explains how he found that speck of light that got him into the lifestyle. I had a guy that used to come into the health club every day and work out for four hours a day, sit in the jacuzzi, swim, play, racquetball, was happy, looked great, tan all the time. And one day I just asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, "Dell, I own real estate. Well,
1: do you own real estate? Register for our live online free workshop and find out how you can get all the things you want out of life with passive income. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Brought to you by Lifestyles Unlimited you Doe Womsley talks about understanding the system.
2: Guy told me the other day on the radio, he says, you know, I understand the system. They let the stock market go up to feed our ego to think we're getting somewhere. And then they crash it on us and take it all away. So now we're stuck. He says, I've lived through two of those cycles. So he started investing in real estate to get away from the cycle.
1: Are you ready to break the cycle? Start investing in real estate today. Find out how. Join Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with our live online free workshop. Register at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Here's Lifestyles Unlimited founder and CEO, self-made multimillionaire, and national radio host, Dell Wamsley, on getting the information you need to get through this. So you ask yourself,
2: isn't this the wrong time to get out of the stock market? Very well could be, but maybe it might go down. And then you ask yourself, man, if I would have had some of that money, I could have used it. People are gonna be afraid. And the people who are in the real estate that are losing money are gonna be afraid. And they're going to want to get out. And when they do, we're going to be able to go in and buy at very advantageous prices that are going to change our family's future, quite honestly. So you need information on how to do that. You need the knowledge of how to get through this. You need to get into Lifestyles right now.
1: Lifestyles Unlimited has been helping people succeed since 1990. Join us for our free online real estate workshop and learn the seven principles we teach to run our businesses and provide for our families. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional.
3: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. Talk 137, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Casey Klaus, who is a sales manager for Lifestyles Realty out of San Antonio and Austin area, the central Texas market. And uh, Casey's going through uh, his introduction to Lifestyles and then later what he does for us now. So, Casey, as we come back here, let's talk about what your plan was out of the two-day. What what had you decided you were going to do, and how were you going to do
4: it? Well, uh, my plan was a little bit different. And uh, because I had been a huge Dave Ramsey and at, at the time I had paid off all of my debt for a while. So I, I didn't have any debt. And so the first time that I went to the lender, they told me, all right, come back in two years because you don't have any, you don't have a credit score. So I had to, you know, think on my feet and pick up a partner or try to do, you know, uh, a fix and flip to raise some cash. Because in the two day, you had talked about if you had, enough money, then you can go straight into multifamily. And I was really thinking, okay, well, that's, that would be my plan. Do a couple of flips, get into, uh, get into multifamily and, uh, move forward. But the thing is is at the end of the book, it you say that we will not do what Dale said, we just spent 16 hours learning from you guys exactly what we should do. And, uh, and you're absolutely right. Every time.
2: Yeah, you know, I make you write that in there so that it's a conscious thing that you're, you know, you were saying to yourself, I will not do what Dell says to do, because that's a normal thing for people to want to reinvent the wheel themselves. Uh, I've got to go back to this credit issue, though. I mean, that's kind of interesting for the average person out there. How, how old were you when you found out you had no credit score? That's, that's almost impossible to have no credit score. Uh,
4: well, I mean, it was a lower credit score because I didn't have any credit. I was in my 30s uh, at that time. Uh, had a strong job, had a strong income. I mean, I'm a firefighter. My my employment was great. However, you know, uh, I didn't have any debt. You know, uh, paid paid off everything. So uh, that just goes so to show you
2: how, that just goes to show you how detrimental Dave Ramsey's program is to people. I mean, think about this for a second. You think about. What is your ability to be successful, now that you've been helping other people doing it, how the, now that you've been doing it yourself, think about your ability to be successful. You can't become financially free with one house. It's just not going to happen, right? So you've got to buy multiple houses. Well, think about what it costs to buy a house in this marketplace today, the medians probably 250,000 or better in Texas. You're going to come up with 250 grand to buy a house. So you look at things, you go, okay, what's important? Well, the down payment has to be 10 to 20% or less if you use hard money lenders and use our techniques and so forth. Maybe very little. Uh, so, so very little to 20% maximum. So it's a portion of your success. But what is 80% of your success? 80% of your success is the ability to get somebody else to put up the money for you, which is the ability to have credit. And to have zero credit, what Dave Ramsey is doing is saying, look, I'm going to cut off 80% of your arms you can have little two-inch stubs hanging out of your shoulders. That's all you need because arms can get you in trouble. They could get you killed. Having legs is bad, too. Let's cut them off also. In fact, I don't think anybody that knows Dave Ramsey should even drive a car because a car could kill you. And you could easily ride a bicycle. So there's really no need to have a car. Why not just take all that risk and all that cost and get rid of it and have a bicycle instead? What else in life do you not need? just about anything and everything that could scare you that could be dangerous should not exist if you're a Dave Ramsey believer. And so there you are, you wake up in midlife and you've got no ability to go be successful because of a program that somebody many people have paid for, right? It just it blows my mind. So I'm you just hit a button, I'm sorry. It's the the Dave Ramsey replay button. Just hit it and it goes off I go, right, just like a little electronic recording goes off. Uh, but it, it just bugs me. So you you had to fix that before you could get credit. Um, you said that you used some workarounds. Did you? Did you work with some partners or something to get around that, or did you just wait?
4: Right. So credit means credibility, you often have said. So I started working immediately on building my credit. You've also stated that uh, Dave Ramsey is kindergarten level. It's basic you know, accounting. And uh, this is more of an advanced degree in the two-day learning. And uh, I really was looking forward to uh, finding out about hard money and, and moving into conventional financing and all of the wonderful things that I know now. But at the time, uh, you know, I walked away with my tail between my legs when the lender said, hey, come back in two years. So I had to go find, you know, uh, in my sphere of influence, I had to go find a, a couple of doctors and Uh, veterinarians to to partner up with me. And, of course, they didn't want to do the slow, in their mind, slow uh, rehab and rental route. They wanted to do the quick fix and flip part. And, uh, you know, I I wanted to bring up that on my first fix and flip, uh, after four months of hard work, I made 500 bucks. you know. And so by the time that we turned that around and we tried to do a normal rental, that rental has been paying us for the last what uh, seven years, you know, and we've already refinanced it once and pulled pulled some money out and bought some more more property with it. So. so, what about this story here? I
2: see this uh, in your in your uh, bio here. It says uh, Phoenix and, flip fix and flip lost fifty thousand dollars. Read the back of the book where I stated I will not do what Dell says to do. Decided from that point on to do <laughs> rentals. What in the heck did you do to lose $50,000 on a deal? I mean, you, you really must have gone outside of the the, the storylines here. You're coloring outside of the, not the lines, you're coloring outside of the book.
4: What what happened oh, there? I, I ran away from the book. It, almost, it seemed like I took on a very large uh, project. Uh, it was only supposed to be about $50,000. It turned into easily 80000 It was in a higher market uh, property in the 300s. So as you have taught in the two days, the, the, the market is a lot smaller, you know, and the people that are buying, they want those properties uh, pristine. And so I worked on that property for a good six months, and uh, I was able to do an analysis on it, and I knew exactly what it should sell. But I had a partner, and partners have voices, and uh, he's the one that put the money in, so he wanted it uh, at top at the top of the market, I mean, super top of the market. Uh, even higher than the market, and his idea was, "Hey, everything in this house is brand new, and this is what we should sell it at." And uh, so, what did it do? It sat on the market for weeks, and now you have a stigma. And so, some somebody finally came in. It was beautiful, beautiful house. I put my heart and soul into it, and uh, we had to take a lower offer just to get out of the hard money uh, payments. And so, I paid the investor back, uh, and both investors. We had two investors. Uh, Pay the investors back, and uh, I lost fifty grand.
2: Wow! So we we colored outside of the lines, out of the book on that one. Of price was wrong, too much of a rehab for someone. To basically, at your levels, you know, especially when you have to borrow money to do it like that. Uh, so there's some stuff there. Uh, I'm assuming you learned something from that, huh?
4: I learned a ton. Uh, one. I personally don't take on partners anymore. Uh, it's just do it yourself. That's me personally. Um, I've had lots of people say, hey, let's partner up on something. I'll say, hey, I'll help you with your business and talking to you, but we're we're, we're not going to go into business together because I could do it on my own.
2: Excellent. Uh, we're going to go to break right now on that one, and uh, we'll pick it up right there when we come back. We'll be right back with Casey and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
3: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball
2: your way.
3: Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to the Dale Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Casey Klaus out of uh, Central Texas. He is the Lifestyles Realities sales manager for uh, one of my real estate companies out there in Central Texas. And Casey has single-handedly decided that he wanted to validate or verify all the details in the two-day training class. And so he's taken it upon himself to try to do exactly the opposite of what is said to do in the two-day class so that he can verify that uh, in some way I haven't gotten it wrong. And uh, so he went out and he tried to do a few things that went a little haywire for him. One of the things he brought up in the last segment was uh, he decided not to use partners anymore. Casey, I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a class out there somewhere in our training bridge setup that's called Partnerships Suck. Now here's 15 hours on how to fix that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, <laughs> right it's actually a class i wrote 30 years ago and for the very reason that you're talking about these things that go wrong with partnerships now i've done partnerships my whole life uh, but it's because of the way i set them up uh where it's really more like a syndication uh than a partnership where i have total control and uh, in that situation then i don't run into those problems but here or there just another thing that need to be verified in your path so uh you've gone through this and you're you're buying and doing these real estate deals and so forth uh what made you decide that you wanted to go for a third career and get into the real estate sales business as opposed to just being a real estate investor
4: uh i really thought that if i became a realtor uh, my father-in-law was a broker at the time and uh if I became a realtor, I thought that I would gain some uh, extra advantage over a lot of investors. I'd be able to run my own comparables. I'd be able to see some properties that are on the market and uh, just kind of have an inside track. And that's the reason why I got my license back then. Did it
2: work out that way for you?
4: Uh, I mean, it definitely helps with comparing, you know, doing my own comparable analysis. And it definitely helps whenever I'm working with all of the, uh, the members, of course. However, uh, I only buy broken down properties that are typically not listed on the MLS. <laughs> That's right. where the deals are. That's where the meat is.
2: So the truth of the matter is, is I'm just trying to get this point across rather sarcastically, is that for 30 years I've told people, don't become a realtor to become a real estate investor. It doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, it, really, it doesn't really help you as much as you might think that it might help you. Now, the one thing it does do is provide cash for you because every time you make a sale, you get a commission. And that commission feeds your bank account, which then allows you to be able to go out and buy more real estate. In that sense, it does. And I'll tell you another sense that it does. In that, what I found when I was a fledgling uh, consultant teaching people, helping people all the time. I found that the very fact that because I was touching so many transactions uh, with other agents, with other wholesalers, with other people out there, that I got to be known as someone that could get a deal done. And what that meant for me was, when somebody had a great deal and they wanted to get rid of it right away and they wanted to know it was for surely, surely going to close, they were willing to contact me because they knew I could get the deal done. So I found that it was interesting that if you help enough other people in this world get what they want, which is help them get their deals, then you can have whatever you want, which happens to be the ones that you're particularly interested in. So I found that to be of great benefit to you. So let's see, you joined here in 2013, and you became a realtor in 2015, right? Right. And um, you did that up until when? When did you become the sales manager out there?
4: Uh, Summer of 2018, I was asked to step up and, uh, you know, not replace uh, the former former guy because he's irreplaceable. He was he was awesome. We call him our Yoda, Uh, but you know, (laughs) to try to fill the shoes. He really was kind of like a Yoda,
2: wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just I'm just picturing them with ears right now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right, so you, you picked that up now, and um, let's, let's talk about what you guys do to help Lifestyles members find deals.
4: Well, uh, kind of like what you just said is, as far as a consultant, um, we're looking at pretty much a minimum of 200 properties a year. I'm physically walking in a house. You know, 100 to 200 uh, properties a year. We're able to see, uh, you know, what needs to be fixed. We're taking a look at the comparables. We're talking, uh, to the members who also have mentors. Uh, so they have, you know, the person that has skin in the game that could find the property for them, but then that you set up or they have a mentor that doesn't have skin in the game to back us up or to tell, tell them, you know what? This isn't the greatest property in the world. And and to move on so we're we're providing a, a really good service for our members
2: Well, I think it's important to be very clear about this point Casey um, and that is once you get a license you really legally tie your hands behind your back in many cases because you can't really consult a person as a realtor you don't have the right to tell them if the the deal makes sense financially you don't have the right to tell them what it's going to cost to do the rehab you don't have the right to tell them if the appraisals is is correct or not Uh, you can't make any of those decisions anymore you simply can facilitate their decision with as much information as is available in the marketplace to provide and that's very important and that's why people need to have a mentor or a consultant, which is a separate body in this transaction that is, that does not have any fiduciary responsibility to this person, whereas the fiduciary responsibility here lies in you need to be helping the seller sell that property. And uh, even if you're playing a buyer's agent, you have a fiduciary responsibility to not overstep your, your grounds and just try to talk this person into buying this property. You simply are there to facilitate. And I think that's very important for people to understand. So when they go out there and they find an agent, uh, and I think one of the things we do so well, well, I'm going to finish with the agent. They find an agent. You need to realize they can't tell you this is a good deal or a bad deal. And if they're doing that, um, then they are probably overstepping their bounds as agency. Secondly, the thing that is interesting is that we step in and provide um, some form of inter well, I don't, I'm do looking for a word. I, interference came up. I don't think that's the right word for it. But we step in between wholesalers and our customers and say, hey, let's take a look at these things. Because wholesalers tend to take advantage of new investors by forcing them to agree to no inspections and or, you know, instantly giving them hard-earned money and so on and so forth, which uh, is fine for uh a seasoned investor knows what he's doing or she knows what she's doing but when you're brand-new rookie out of the blocks you really need someone to say hey guys back off this guy a little bit give him the right to have a contract with an escape clause um, they need inspection time they need feasibility they need those things otherwise they really shouldn't be in this deal with you uh, do you guys find you do a lot of that working with hard money or not hard money but with uh, wholesalers and so forth
4: right uh, we have a little bit of leverage over them because they know that our buyers uh, can corner the market you know, on them and that we will close. We're all qualified, uh, pre-qualified. We all have uh, an income and we're all sophistic- not sophisticated, but I mean, we're, we're, they're they're very smart individuals. And like you said, we have to get in the middle and make sure that they don't take advantage uh, of our membership. And so we make sure that the earnest money goes to the title company, it doesn't go to the you know, about the wholesaler. We, uh, we make sure to, that we take a look at the, uh, you know, the ARVs on it and what, are the, what do the comps say? What does the data say? And then, uh, you know, we, we have time to be able to get our general contractors and our inspectors out there to confirm those numbers. And then they also have a, a mentor to be able to back them up and, uh, and guide them the whole way. So, uh, yeah, you know, maybe the wholesalers were at one time were used to Taking advantage of uh, beginners like they did me on my first property, and uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like you know I got I got snubbed pretty hard, and you know that, that's why I'm there there to, to protect our members.
2: Well, if you help enough other people in this world get what they want, you can have whatever you want or need, in whichever is the case. So it's important <laughs> that you get out there and help people. And you know, I, people tell me all the time, "Go, I don't really believe that BS." I help somebody once. (laughs) I go, once is not enough, man. You know, once is just the beginning of the long life of service if you're going to be successful in life. So um, you're out there now as a sales manager, and um, you're tasked with keeping track of the deals that we do in the office and the volume and so on and so forth uh, in that particular office. Is your office uh, running both San Antonio and Austin or just San Antonio?
4: San Antonio and Austin, so we'll take on the San Marcos and the New Braunfels markets as well.
2: Okay, great. Well, when we get back from break, I want to talk to you about uh, the difference between the two two different markets and see if we can help people with some information that way. We'll be right back with Klaus and the Dell, I'm sorry, Casey and the Dell Womsley Radio Show.
1: Talk thirteen seventy.
3: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Dell
2: Wamsley. Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Casey Klaus, who is the sales manager for Lifestyles Realty out of Central Texas. And uh, Casey, as I said, we went to a break. I wanted you to share with the audience, if you would please, what's the difference. Uh, that you would explain to a new member between Austin and San Antonio uh, as to what they can and cannot accomplish as an investor in single family homes.
4: Well the medium pricing in Austin is uh, quite high as compared to San Antonio. So the numbers just don't make sense. You know, if you're at two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars and you're trying to make, you know, um three hundred, four hundred, five hundred dollars a month in cash flow and when you look at your cash on cash returns, they're just too low. So, a lot of the Austin uh, members are coming down to San Antonio and and buying properties in San Antonio, and they like you know they like to keep them together. Or they like them in a certain area so that way they you know they during the rehab they only have to come down and, uh, maybe once a week or twice a week. But once the rehab is done, then they barely they barely even see these properties. They just collect a check every month.
2: So, so it's quite a distance uh, from north austin to south san antonio it's probably just about as far as it is from houston to dallas uh, tip to tip so there is quite a bit of distance there so you have to realize that these deals you do not have to babysit these properties every single day let me ask you a personal question that is um i've always wondered what was going to happen to the corridor between san antonio and austin and i think that's like 35 or something like that 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 connects the two of them uh, what is happening to that corridor? Is that filling in with uh, subdivisions um, that might provide for cost-effective housing for us or not?
4: Uh, yes, sir. There's definitely in the, uh, the Buda and a little bit in the New brothels off to the highway off of I-35. Sometimes we're able to pick up some uh, newer homes uh, at a discount and, and be able to get those uh, rented out and make the, the type of numbers that we need to make.
2: When you work with someone and they come into you, explain to us how they connect up with you and your team to get to get to the deals that you guys find. Are you working off of a hot sheet like some of the realtors do in some of my offices? Uh, In other words, I have these five guys I'm trying or 10 guys I'm trying to find deals for. Or are you guys um, sending out mass mails and first come, first serve? Uh, How are you guys doing it?
4: The realtors in San Antonio have developed relationships with wholesalers. Uh, I personally have, you know, about twenty of them in the city uh, that I work with personally. Yes, we do have the MLS as well to find uh, properties, but uh, like I said, as a as a member, I found that you know, in order for you to be able to do the hard money and, and to do it, the lifestyles map, uh, the wholesalers were the way to go. So uh, we've been really focusing on on, on getting properties from. The wholesalers because the market the inventory was only about three months which was mainly a seller's market at the time okay in addition yeah go ahead so go ahead. uh in addition to that uh we'll take that that those properties from the wholesalers and then we're going to do our own due diligence on there and uh take a look at the comparables of rent comparables and sales comparables we're going to put together an information packet for our members that have joined and uh, can use our services, and then we'll send that packet out uh, in what's known as a blast. And so your members will, you know, on their phone or, you know, on their computer, they'll get an email with a property, bing, there it is. And if it, if it fits their criteria, then they're going to ask for more information, and they're going to get in contact with the realtors. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one property per member and one property per agent. So those are the rules that you set up. And it really helps uh, facilitate that we don't compete with each other and raise the price and that everybody can find a deal. Uh, typically, uh, within the first you know, 60, 90 days, we're trying to find a property for them to get into that fits their criteria. We do enough volume that we can uh, accomplish those goals.
2: So uh, what you're speaking about is something called the tagging system. And the tagging system is something that I created way, way, way back, 30 years ago, back when I first started doing this. And what I found was is that I'd be sitting there helping some guy, uh, you know, helping Bob uh, buy this property. We found this good deal. And then all of a sudden Steve would come in and say, hey, I found this deal. Can you help me do it? And i look at it, it'd be the same deal that I'm already helping Bob with and I'm now in a dilemma. i to say, well, I can't help you, Steve, because I'm working with Bob on that. And then now all of a sudden I've made a competitor out of one of my customers. So now Steve is a competitor against me and Bob working on this deal. So I had to do something to fix that, so I created the tagging system that once one of our members goes after a deal, we tag that and say, okay, that's who we're helping with this deal, you can tag to be second in line or you can tag to be third in line, but we can't help you with that deal. Uh, nor can you, as a member, go after that deal if it's tagged. Otherwise, you risk losing your membership because the idea is, if we didn't do that, every single one of our members members would know about every single one of our deals ultimately, and we would just be bidding each other up, bidding against each other. Which, like you said, if you send it out in a blast, and you know, a hundred people get the deal, or twenty people, whatever it is, it gets that blast. You know, and they all go to that agent or that broker and try to buy that deal they're gonna they're gonna push that price up for the seller, so we have to be able to protect our buyers from that type of action um on a weekly basis um, just out of curiosity um, what is the volume in normal times uh, as far as sales? in other words, how many sales a month single family sales a month would your office do? in normal times and that has that slowed down at all during covid
4: times uh easily between 20 to 30 deals per month okay. and uh when this first ha- when the coronavirus first hit uh in late february march march april and may we had record months uh, a lot of people were scared they were dumping their houses uh, and we were able to pick them up We did have a small slowdown after Memorial Day uh, when the governor uh, let everything kind of open up and people were going back to work. And then we had, you know, graduations and, you know, that kind of thing. And it slowed down a little bit. But uh, now that I've seen Governor Abbott uh, and our mayor shut down, you know, San Antonio and the bars and different things like that, uh, I fully expect those properties to start coming back around, you know, people work.
2: I appreciate you coming on today, sir, and I appreciate you helping our members out there. For the rest of you out there, remember this, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow.